All right, guys, we have four days only left until our founding member rate for the Relax Running membership of $5 per month forever is over. So if you are thinking about signing up, you want to get access to the bonus podcast, training programs, the members forum, the Elite Insight videos, it's going to be 5 bucks a month forever if you sign up before this Saturday, the 20th of June. After that, the prices are going to double. So make sure you jump on board at relaxrunning.com slash join. We've got a good little community growing over there now, so uh, take advantage of that cheap rate forever. Today on the podcast, we have uh, man, a, a bloke that just brought a whole heap of joy into my world yesterday on Sunday, DJ Gebra Celesi. He is a uh, man. This guy's story is is crazy. He was a, a refugee who lived in a refugee camp in Sudan for the first eleven years of his life. His parents walked from Ethiopia with the family to get them into the safety of uh, the Sudanese refugee camp, and uh, it was step one in a process which eventually led to him being here in Australia. Um, he's a super talented athlete as well, in, as well as having an incredible story. He's run 62 minutes for the half marathon. He's eyeing off the marathon and 10K start in uh, Tokyo for the Olympics next year. And he's, uh, man, he's a passionate guy. He, he, he brings a whole heap of faith, a whole heap of confidence, a whole heap of joy into the room. And uh, it was he certainly made my life easy as an interviewer. I could ask a couple of questions and the, the answers that he had were they, they went... Uh, deep and wide and man I just sat there with my jaw to the floor so really hope you enjoy this bloke as much as I did uh, can you please welcome to the show the great man DJ Gebra Celesi. So then you can reach me out too. Yeah, so I always seek. I seek for happiness, you see. Like I said, I thought that like I thought that I saw that is in your page as well. That's why it made me connected to you. Yeah. That there you go. We we connect like that. And it was interesting. I looked at your page and I thought looking at your photos, I thought, oh, I reckon I reckon he's an Ethiopian guy. Then I read your profile, I said uh, you were Sudanese, and I asked you on the way here, and you right. told me about your story. Mm-hmm. Can we can we kickstart it there, man? Because your story of your life is a is an interesting <laughs> one, which I think will be fascinating for people to hear. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Thanks, um, Tayson. Yeah, thank you for asking me for that. Well, like it, just like you said, I was born in Sudan, but you know, my mom and my dad were born in in, uh, in Ethiopia, but I was born in a, in a refugee camp. But um, yeah, so I was there just just ever since in the last, uh, I mean, I was born there and uh, I came to Australia at the age of uh, 11 and it wasn't an easy life, it was always uh, pretty hard and, you know, my mom and my dad been there for more than almost like 30 years, you know, and that's a long time being in a refugee camp, it's not easy and yeah, but I'm grateful that I'm here as well, it's a beautiful new life, new journey and mm. I'm really excited. So your your parents, uh, your background is Ethiopian. Both yes. of your parents are Ethiopian. Yes, they're both Ethiopian, but uh, they were being immigrated to Sudan because of a war. Back in Ethiopia, when there was like a war there, they they couldn't live there, you know, because of the 
of the situation that they were in. So they wanted to have like a new life. So they went to Sudan and it wasn't just like, you know, going to Sudan like by car or by the plane. They walked there. <laughs> yeah, they walked there, mate. They, it's not, it's not like, it's not an easy, uh, it's not an easy walk as well. It's like a couple of days, you know, it could be even a couple of weeks. And this is like walking with, uh, you know, with a lot of people that want to change their life too. But in the way going to Sudan, in the middle of the night, there is lions, tigers, there is cheetahs, and you know, there is like monkeys. There's so many like wild, wild animals that can be like really scary and at the same time really lovely as well to see. But you know, this, this guys went through um, a very hardship as well. But at the same time, like what they had with them was their faith, you know. It made them to go to another place to, to start a new life. And they couldn't do it by themselves. It was the faith that was making them that was making them like to push out of the uncomfortable place to, you know, to another life, to see like a, a new light, you know, mm. it's like from the darkness going to just by hope, you know, like they had a big hope that if they go to another place, they might get a new future, they might go somewhere to America or to Australia, you know, like to you, just like that. And then, but they didn't thought it was going to be like the way that they thought. I mean, they didn't think that they were going to stay in Sudan for the last 20 years, you know. They thought that was going to be like, bang, five days walk from Ethiopia to Sudan and then it's going to be like two years later to, you know, to mm -hmm. America or to Australia. But no, not really. They stayed there for 20 years and for them was a, you know, it was a hard life and um, it wasn't really easy, but they did what they got to do, you know, they did the right things. They still... They tried to work, to support themselves, to support their kids, you know, to make sure that the kids, they really grow up in the best way they could, to have a good life, to, you know, to be healthy and to and to still have, like, faith in themselves mm -hmm. and to grow in faith as well. Because, see, without faith, you're dead. Without, like, hope, you're dead. Because if you can't hope for the best, then you're stuck. Mm. You're stuck in a confusion you know, world, you know what I mean? So, like, they, yeah, they did the right things and they just stayed there for 20 years and... So, where, where, are, they, where are your parents now? My parents are all here. So, they're living yeah, in, so in Australia, Melbourne? After, no, after living for 20 years in Sudan, Australia gave us the, the big um, opportunity and said, look, I'm going to take this family to Australia. I'm going to give you guys a new life. And you're going to have a beautiful new journey. And then, you know, we you know, so happy. My family all came here with me. I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. My mom and my dad and my sisters and uh, brothers, like we are six in the family, like three sisters and, you know, three brothers. And they live in Tasmania. But when the first, like when we first came to Australia, we landed actually in Melbourne. When we first landed in Melbourne, it was funny because... I've never seen such a big building, you know, as like, man. So, you know, coming from like a very hard life. But I'm so grateful. Like when we were living in Sudan, Sudan's like the Sudanese government, right? They took care of us. Like it was like, it, you know, they didn't give us a hard time. You know what I mean? They protected us. They took care of us. They made sure that we were, like they were doing the right things to keep us safe and to give us what we need as well. Australia was giving us a lot of things. Being there as well, you know, the UN, the UN, 
are the ones that were looking after all the refugees in Sudan. So uh, we did have, uh, like, I can't really say it was just all bad life, you know. We did get a very good help as well from the good people there too. But when we came here, it was in Melbourne and it was really cold as well in the day. And yep, we just arrived in 2004. And then uh, it was like, I think at that time, it was John Howard was the prime minister. John Howard was a good man. <laughs> he said, welcome to Australia, mate. <laughs> and then when we landed in Melbourne, we thought that this was our destination, our final destination. So we didn't know that we were going to Tassie, you know. But they were like, nope, you're going to be here for one night, but your next, your final destination is Tasmania. You're going to love it too. It's a, it's a tiny place and uh, it's good for refugees, you know. And then I guess they needed like more people as well, like, you know, in that state because mm. there's not much people there, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> all the refugees that came with us, it wasn't just us. Uh, there were like a lot of families that came. But when we all came here, we all landed in Melbourne, right? But most of them went to like Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Brisbane, Perth, Tasmania. But we happened to go to Tasmania with a few families as well that came with us. So yeah, so, so, so we went to Melbourne, I mean to Tasmania, and then we lived there for ever since then. We, like since we came, we've lived in uh, Tasmania. My mom and my dad, and all my sisters and uh, brothers, they own Tasmania now. And they're very proud family. They they're very happy. Like they know that what like what what they went through was just being a, like it was just a good challenge for them. It, like they never they never took life for granted. They always thought that you know there is a better day next day. Like uh, you know I can't just give up. They they like they had a very very strong mindset. And I think because of my dad, you know he has taught me so much in life. Like especially to be so strong in my faith, especially the faith part. Like, he just keeps, uh, you know, gives me the strength mm-hmm. and just says to me, look, look, mate, there's a better day tomorrow. There's a better future after, you know, a few years later. You do well, keep it up, you know, stay with God. You'll be safe. You know, he's the key to the future. Mm-hmm. All that, like, he's a good man. And I have a good mom as well. You know, they just taught me to be a good person. That's awesome. And I'm so happy. Like, I'm so glad and I'm really grateful to God that he gave me a good mom and dad, which is for me, they are my role model, you know? Like, if it wasn't for them, then, you know, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't really get to this, like, this far in my running as well, because I love running so much, so much, but I'm doing it for them too. So they are kind of like my strength, my love, my happiness, my life. Yeah. They are my everything. And I don't think that I'm done, I'm done in my running yet because I, I have so much talent. I have uh, so much time, so much years to improve, to do well, and I want to do so well for my new country, Australia. That so is, proud. That is so exciting. Yeah. There's there's so many things that you've just said that I'm excited to tap into, and I was <laughs> a big you. fan of uh, Lopez Lemong's book, um, right. Running Run for Your Life, or something I think it was called, and in that book, he talks about, I think his family was at a Sudanese refugee camp as yeah. well. and yeah. uh, was, I think he was born in Kenya, or maybe Uganda, I think, but he's, he's a Sudanese. But I think he was born in a uh, Ugandan Ugandan um, camp, I think. Yes. A refugee camp. But I think he's yeah, I think his his farm is it's like me, like my farm like my mom and my dad are from Ethiopia, but they were immigrated to Sudan. But I think his mom and dad as well they're from Sudan, but they were immigrated to to Uganda or to Kenya. Ah. So he was in a Kenyan refugee camp. I yes. think I think it was Kaikuma. Yeah, sure. It's called Kaikuma. It's a huge uh 
came in Kenya and Kenyan people are so wonderful. They take care of people and at, uh, he, that guy that you mentioned, he's a world-class runner, right? But not just a world-class runner. Lomong, right? His name is? Was, uh, yeah, Lopez Lomong. Yeah, Lopez Lomong. I love him. Like I love that guy so much because he's so humble. It's not just about him being so fast, but his life, you know, his lifestyle. Even though he made it to this far, he's still like, he doesn't have pride in him. You know, he's so, he's so humble. He's so grateful. He still talks about his story as well. I, I'm so, like, we share a very similar story. Yeah. He's a very strong guy and he's one of my role models. It must be really hard for uh, someone like myself who's grown mm. up in Melbourne to imagine what it would be like at a, at a refugee camp. Yeah. But you were 11 when you came here, so you'd obviously sure. have some strong memories of, of what, <laughs> yeah. like, a refugee camp was. Can you paint a bit of a picture of what life looked like before okay. you came to Melbourne for us? And yeah, yeah, sure. Because you've mentioned a couple of times about, uh, you know, how much joy and how much gratefulness you have mm. about... Uh, living in Melbourne and I think sure. it's it's like you can't help but be uh, infected by it in a positive way so exactly. I'd love to know where that uh, yeah. that joy comes from just through the contrast in, in you said like your old life compared to your new life yeah I mean like when I compare my old life to my new life they they like somehow like they both have like a unique uh, you know like a, like just I can tell like I can speak about a lot about my past, not just being in a negative way, but in a positive way as well. And about my new life as well, it's so nice. I mean, it's like 50-50. Mm-hmm. I can't even choose because <laughs> because in the past, is the person like it, it's it's uh, like it's like it's the past that made me so strong right now, right? Right. So like um, just uh, I I grew up just like a normal child, like you know playing soccer. Uh, you know, playing around, going shopping, you know, when mom and dad say, you know, go, go and get us something, I go and do that. Like, we still had fun. Like, even though it was a refugee camp, you know, we weren't really just kept in a refugee camp. It was like, there was a freedom as well. Like, there's freedom, there's like justice, there's love, you know, we went to church, we went to, like to school. I really didn't get the opportunity to go to school school uh, like in a private school or to take my education to the next to the next level because of the you know um uh, because of the issue of the money and the you know and the job that we don't have but still life taught me just like the way a university would lecture me right now it just taught me the best way it could and it was like a, a practical education not just like lecture you know it was just like practical it was something that you feel you speak, like you receive, you see, it's everything, it's like practical thing. And that's the biggest education that I've learned too. So uh, when I compare them from the old life and now, uh, oh, I see so much, pos- like I see so much positive in both of them, in both of them. And then like, it, like right now, when I was young, it just like when I go to the park and, you know, walk around, it just takes me back to that like 11 years ago or like 15 years ago and says to me like, you know, DJ, when you were a child, you know, you used to go and help this old man on the street. Or it's like, you used to go to church, you used to praise God, you used to like sing a song in a church, you used to like love yourself, you used to like, uh, you know, create happiness. Can you do that now? You know, can you do, can you do that now what you used to do when you were a child? So it was like motivating me, like even though I'm like an adult now, like I'm a big boy, but that young child DJ 
was tipping my motivation, <laughs> my motivation to like, okay, maybe that little, that little child can actually, uh, can actually teach me a lesson, you know? And then it was just like, always like balancing. For me, it was like a balance from the past. I always don't see the past as bad. Never, ever. Even if I had went through like a tough life, I knew that that tough life was going to make me the toughest man ever in the world. It was just like, uh, you know, they always, they, you know, people say like, there is always light after the dark tunnel, right? If you just keep going under the tunnel and you're thinking like, oh, what, is, what is the end of it? I mean, like, where's that tiny bit of light? Yeah. Like, where, where is it? But you still have that, that faith and the hope and saying like, keep going, mate, keep going. You found it, keep going. <laughs> but don't stop in the middle because mm-hmm. if you stop in the middle, there could be light just next to it and there could be darkness just next to it too. But you always focus forward. You always fo- you, you always have to go forward by knowing that, that, you know, in the past, like, you have to still let the past be the past, but never regret it. Because, no, like, your heart should never have a place for, for you know, for a uh, regression. It should, you shouldn't be regretful. You should always be, like, grateful, happy that, that now you have passed that, that life and you're beginning a new life, but you're going to bring that past to make you a tough person mm-hmm. and just a happiest person ever too. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so that's how I see it. It was just basic childhood. I didn't really had like, uh, you know, a famous uh, family or like rich family. They are just an, just a simple parents that just want to raise their kids in the best way they could. Uh, my dad, like my dad is a fighter, right? When he was in Ethiopia, he used to fight for, for human rights, for humanity. He, he loves people. He doesn't like people suffer. He does He always wants people to see the light. He always fights against, uh, you know, against the wrong things. He's, he's always, he loves the right things, right? The rules. He loves to obey the rules. People sometimes might mistake him for being a bit firm with his, you know, with his like standing for the truth or like standing for, for the right, right? A government, like a prime minister, if you do the right things, the prime minister will love you, right? Because you're doing the right thing. You, you're supporting him, right? But if you are against, against him, he wouldn't like you. He would just think that you're not really obeying the rule. So this is what my dad was. My dad was just helping the government, helping the people. But, you know, sometimes some people, they don't support him. Some people, they are against the good, you see? When you try to be good, some people, they can be against the good. But always the good wins. So what my dad does, I want to continue that legacy. That is so, <laughs> that is so good, man. It's in me and mm-hmm. I feel it. I feel him. I feel his passion. I feel his dream. Though he didn't have the opportunity to go to uni and take it to, you know, to the next level. But I, I feel like I can do that for him. I feel that, don't worry, dad. Your dream is not dead yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's alive. They pass you the baton and you just get he, to carry that's it. That's it. And, and I'm just, I'm like a GPS I'm just going. I'm just going. And he's still there, like, as a motivation. He's still like, ah, oh, mate, can't do it. I can't do everything now. You know, I'm like 65 now. And then, you know, he sometimes says to me, like, ah, oh, I'm just a bit sad that nobody is going in my path. Nobody has seen what my vision is. And then I'm saying to him, what do you mean by that, dad? You know that I'm being, like, really, really, really thoughtful of you. 
And I've been really investigating how to be the best man I could for you. He's like, well, we'll see. He's like, time will tell. I know that you're a good boy. I know that you're a good man. I just want to see that change in life. And I'm like, you know, Dad, sometimes it's not just about one person changing the world. And I say to him, like, it's a teamwork. It's a teamwork. You know, everything you do in life is a teamwork. A husband, uh, you know, he can't, he can't, like, if he has a wife, he can't plan one thing by himself. He's got to tell his wife that he's going to plan something. If she's happy, like, are you happy with it? What do you think about this? He always has uh, a good discussion and a good communication. And I said to him, when we help, like, you know, when people are helping each other, always when you work with a team, you are the winner. Because when you work, like, by yourself, you can do, like, you can get into a certain level, but you can't really be that successful. Because you need to work with people. You need to connect with the world. And the world needs to be helping each other. One person can't change the world. But in one person's, uh, you know, like a positive thought can change so many people's thoughts. Mm. And then that all people, imagine like there's so many billions of people, you know, like there's millions of people in the world living. If the world just have similar thoughts as you, like try to do good things, help the poor people, raise, you know, and just raise the awareness, do all the good things, imagine how beautiful this life can be. Imagine how the, the world can change. The environment, you know. Sometimes I see so many rubbish, like so many rubbish on the street. And I say to myself, you know, if we, like, if we just, like, you know, take a deep breath in, like 30 seconds, it's like, come on, that's not hard to pick up and uh, put in a bin. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do, even if it's, like, someone's mistake, you know, I, I, I have the time and I'm going that way anyway. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Pick up, the, like, the rubbish put in the bin. Even though, if I can't even do that every day, but... The other people can see what I'm doing, you see? When I do that, next time, if I'm not there, if, if those people are, like, you know, walking that way, even if I'm not there, but because they saw what I did, they'd be like, wow, that guy just did that last time. Why don't I do it too? This is easy work. It's just putting in a bin. <laughs> you, you see, like, you're, you're helping the earth, right? You're helping the earth. You're helping your country. You're trying to make, you know, your country healthy, clean, neat, and just a happy country, like a happy people. This is what I believe in. But that starts with, like, with us, you know? Being happy, being clean starts with that person. When that person starts to be happy and clean and neat and well-organized, right? And have, a, like, a good thought and good plan, then he just passes it to the family. Then the family pass, passes that to the neighbor. And then the neighbors, they, they, they pass it to the community. And the community passes it to the state, mm. state government. And the state government passes that good one, that, that good deeds to the government. And the government gives it to the world. And the world gets better. Yeah. You see? Just go step by step. But it starts from you. The change starts from that person. You can't change the world if you didn't change yourself. Mm. That's, that's, uh, that's a big, uh, like, I mean, it's not a big mistake, but it's just that it's, it's almost impossible if you try to change the world without changing yourself first. You gotta love yourself first. Yeah. You gotta find that love first. Yeah. When you change yourself, then you can change the world. It's funny, man. It's something <laughs> we've, I've been talking about this a lot with my friends lately. It's yeah. A, it seems. It seems that it's a, it's a really interesting time to be alive. Like there's, a, there's a lot of there's a, a lot of division if you look carefully. Uh, yes. Uh, or you don't even have to look too carefully. Yes. yes. 
Tamia Barrett, actually. Well, ask me about it. Because I'm really interested to talk about that as well. It's, it, I think it's a nice topic to talk about. Perfect, man. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. But I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm interested because I think that there's a lot of people uh, out there who are yelling, oh, this is like the problem is over here, the problem is over right, here. Right. But it's, it's very difficult for people to acknowledge that the problem is like you're saying. Like mm-hmm. if you start changing yourself. It's within us. Gradually. It's within us. I mean, just like you said, like... Uh, Let's say, like, if we start to if we start to blame other people, and then we're just losing so much effort and the energy, and it's not good to blame people, you know. It's just never good to blame people because when you start to blame people, you don't know who you are because you can make that mistake, but who's gonna blame you? If someone blames on you, would you like that? Mm. You know, it's like judging other people, you know. It's judging other people. It's you know having like harsh words to others. When you are not even a good person yourself, how do you expect someone to be good to you mm. if you're not good to yourself? And then that, you know, like that question or like that topic that you just mentioned now, it's like for me, it's like a very interesting and like and a very strong um, topic to talk about. And it's a serious one and it's like a loving one. Like I love to talk about it. Um, you see, like we can't live in a, in a blame, in a blame world. Nobody should blame nobody. Everyone should just live their life. And then, you know, we're talking about like, you know, this, this person is doing bad, this person is doing that, this country is doing this, this country is doing that. It's not really good. It's not really like a good uh, a main state to, to stay in, right? Mm-hmm. We just have to be more open and relax and just, uh, yeah, just let, let's just be natural, you know, let's just be natural, take it easy and help help people to see to see the good side of themselves mm-hmm. not to be blamed that you see like when you blame someone they don't feel good they don't feel good you know they might be a good person you know and you, you might be actually missing something from them they might be actually good to you but when you blame them it makes them like more not being secure and makes them more like lonely it makes them like a bad person when they're not really bad person you know it's just you gotta you gotta be disciplined mm. you gotta change yourself you gotta be like you have to treat you have to treat you know the other people just like the way you should be treated and the way you want to be treated as well so that comes within within yourself when you're good to yourself then you then I know that you'll be good to you know to to the other people as well. Is this so. something that you've had ever since you were a kid or have you had to gradually work on this? Because there's a, <laughs> as soon as I met you, bro, as soon as I spoke to you on the phone, which wasn't that long ago, <laughs> Thank you. Um, immediately I just I felt like I just got whacked with a heap of joy. <laughs> Do you know you're personable, you you're joyful, you're happy. And, and it seems to me, there seems to be a, um, a pattern. Like you see people who come from uh, backgrounds, like you've explained, sure. from a refugee camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, there's, there's a level of gratefulness in you that I don't see a lot around... Uh, sure. uh, around Melbourne or around Australia. So is that is that something that you've had to develop, or is that something that is yeah. natural, or where does it come from? Okay, I think. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that question. Anyway, it's a it's a really beautiful question. I mean, like, uh, you're right. I think like this kind of things is like it's like you can't really be taught because it's it's something that comes within you, and it's, and it's something that you find through like a meditation, through you know praying. Through being like, uh, through finding yourself, you know, finding who you are. When you, like, everyone is lost in life, you know. We are, like, we are all lost in life. But when we take, like, a step 
like you know one second two seconds step behind like back and we sit down and just think about ourselves then when we like when we seriously find ourselves then we know our purpose like we would know our potentials everything that were like that were hidden from us they'll be revealed and that's when you start to be yourself then when you start to be yourself you see the true the true love in, in, in life i mean like when i was a child i have always been like this it's like it's 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 something that was born with me I'm not I'm not even taught with, like nobody has taught me this but it's like um what do you call it they say like uh if something's given to you you can't be taught it's like you like you teach yourself like I'm like pretty much a self taught right I never been to uh uni mm-hmm. I never graduated from a degree there was actually this is like a very interesting thing I met like an Indian students right they came from India and they're not Australian yet and they're looking for you know for the passport and the citizen and stuff and I was trying to give them like a good advice and uh, like you know try to make them like welcome in Australia it's a beautiful country good people then and then they start to tell me like you know I'm a must I have like a master degree you know masters I got like PhD and these guys are so young I'm like damn that's so good then and then you know we started talking about life it's just like a normal life like this chat then they were like then they're like uh which 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 uni do you go to and i said to them like i never been to uni mate and then they're like what but <laughs> and then and then they're like but the way you talk and and you know and the things that you say to us it's like you've been graduated in something are you sure you're not being graduated you sure you don't have a degree because you seem to be like you seem to have like five six degrees already i'm like I said to them like not even a certificate <laughs> you know because I have to be honest to themselves like to myself and they're like but you know what like to be honest with you you can actually graduate in something like you can actually be a, a, like a great teacher like a good teacher you know how to make people happy you know what you're talking about you know how to mo- motivate people like this thing you can't even be locked like lectured in a you know in a big uni too you're just being lectured about your subject or about your topic but not not really about your life thing you know and then they, and then they're like how did you just how did you get to know this all this stuff and I said to them it's something that I was given it's 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 like it's it's a power that was hidden that I found and that I'm using now and I said to them it was hidden it was hidden for the last 15 years and I said to them bang I said 2020 waked me up my for the last 10 years like 15 years i was i was struggling like i mean i knew that there was some power inside me but i couldn't see it probably because the reason that i couldn't see it probably, i mean people they always tell me like oh you dj you know you're so nice so kind so humble um then then they tell me the truth and and you know and they say to me like my you just seem a bit lost Seem a bit lost in life, and I said to them, "I'm always being honest to them and say, 'Yeah, mate, yeah, you know, I'm lost in life. Like, you know, I need that help too. You know, I try to find the right people in my life that can, you know, direct me to the right path in my life. And I am always grateful. Like, there is always good people that have helped me. Like, you know, to to see, you know, like to see me happy, to see me like, you know, get into the next level in life. And then." You know, I just said to them like I always wanted to be just myself, you know. And I told them that I've been through a lot in, mm. in in my life, but that struggle of that last 10 years, you know, to me as as a, you know, like 
as a Christian, right? As a Christian belief, for me it was always like living like when I was going through life, you know, like I went through a lot, like through my friends, through family issue, friends issue, trust issues, you know. Like when I trust, like when I trust someone, I trust that person just like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to like, I don't even need to know that person for ten years to gain his trust or like, like one year or like one month. Like the day I meet him, the minute that I meet him, the second that I meet him, I trust him. I love him. Mm. I trust him. I love him, and I make him a good friend. But then he like you know, then he get like betrayed. Then he get like denial. Then you get like uh, when you get this, it makes you hurt. You know, it hurts you because you're trying to show them love. Then somehow they don't really do it on purpose. You know, they just, that was just the life that God God wants me to go through, so then it can it can strengthen me. Mm-hmm. See, like people weren't weren't really trying to hurt me. No, they weren't. God was just preparing me to be like, look, look, you need to feel this way. So then I can prepare you to be the strongest person on earth. Mm-hmm. The last fifteen years, mate, was just not easy. It was just not easy. I work full time, I run full time, I balance myself, I look after my nieces, my beautiful nieces, my sisters and brothers. I love them. My mom and my dad. I I have a beautiful, a healthy family, happy family. It was just normal life, normal life. But I, I was still not happy inside me. Something that was like the happiness was taken from me. I just didn't know what where it was. It was there. I could say to you like I was probably seventy five percent happy in my life. But that you know that other you know twenty five percent of fifteen percent of it, I didn't know where it was at. So I, I, I said to myself, look, I have. Like I have unfinished business, and I have some. I have something that I have to accomplish, and I said it's to find that a full happiness. Mm. I need to find that. That's that's when I started to you know started to like meditate, go to church, start to find God in many ways. You know, I used to life was just so struggling, and it was just pushing me down, and I tried to get up. There are so, like there are good people that you know when I was down they used to pick me up as in like you know give me like a motivation mm-hmm. when I was lost trying to give me a good job so then I can fix myself but you know the challenge it just still continues to go like in life there is no a stop there's not a stop you never stop learning you're always gonna go but you know like when you start to know yourself. Then you start to avoid those things that that takes away your your you know good thinking, your good life, your good trust in people, your your good uh, thinking for people. When you start to be like, when you start to find that good in you, mm-hmm. then you know yeah, you start to have like strength and power, and you start to use your power, and that's the best the best thing that you could do in life using your power, using your power in the right way. Mm. Because sometimes when we use power. Of, if we use it to the wrong, you know, to the wrong thing, it can damage not just us. It can damage so many good people yeah. around. But when we have that good power, it, we can save so many lost, lost souls. You know, lost, lost people like us. I was lost, but I'm found now. Mm. Just like, just like Jesus said, you know, that lost son 
uh, there is like a parable life mm-hmm. uh, you know there is a good parable uh, in, you know in the holy bible that says that this man had two sons right that that younger son he went out you know he went out like spending his money because his dad was so rich he took all, like you know he took everything that everything that he you know his dad had and he just wanted to have so much fun in life right he went and spent the money in not the best way that he could just you know giving it up too much he wasn't like he wasn't loving himself he thought he was loving himself right he just went out and did everything that he could you know he went out and like gambling went out you know went out with friends like drinking spending so much money lost himself after he lost all his money and then when he asked all the people that he gave money to to give him money they couldn't mm-hmm. you see they couldn't be there for him they were, and then the only chance that he had was like oh he said oh damn if I was at my mom at my mom's dad's pl- place as he said dad was actually taking care of me good he said and then what he did was like he ate the food that the pigs were eating because mm. he had nothing to eat mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. but he said look I know that my dad can give me a good job he said I know that my dad can give me a big hug and welcome, welcome me at home then he said if I go and say sorry to him and then reunite with my family I'll, I'll, I'm gonna fix myself and find myself that's when he said I am lost but now I'm found yeah, that's and, that's, really and that verse mm-hmm. kills me that verse I, I see it in myself yeah. and and, and Like that, that story, Tyson, it, it could be me, it could be you, it could be a girl, it could be an old man, it could be a child, it could be to anyone in life, you know? But when you find like a balance in your life, it doesn't mean that you don't have to drink, you know? It doesn't mean that you don't have to party. You can party as much as you want. You can drink as much as you want, but there is balance for it. Like when you drink, you have your limitation, you know, you have a limit because sometimes when we drink too much, we can do crazy things, you know? We can break someone's business, We can break into like you know uh, you know a big shop and you know kill someone because when like when we do like when we are not with ourselves our mind can control us and we don't want our like we don't want our negative thoughts to control us we want to control our good thoughts very good very right? good man so it's a good story it's a, a very it's good a very, story yeah. I, I mean that can relate to me Tyson that's why mm-hmm. I, I am one of these lost person yeah that I am just trying to like see the you know see the positive side of it and then trying to like bring so many people to just enjoy themselves they can drink they can party hard because i love party i love drinking yes. but but now i don't drink you know because of the running of the olympics i just try to you know i just try to like focus in my plan mm-hmm. and even if i have to drink i'll drink but it would be like a balanced one sure sure Uh, a traditional dance it's mm-hmm. like shoulder dance you know it's like that shoulder it's like one and two like it's like your, your right shoulder and your left shoulder and you just you, you know you, you just move them one side to the other side it's a simple dance it's a simple basic thing it's yeah it's so good it's, <laughs> it's so easy it's not hard 
Man, you mentioned um, meditation a couple of times as mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. that you used to help transform you know, sure. yeah, uh, where sure. you were to, to where you are now. Mm-hmm. I'm interested because in, I know in Australia it's, it's a very popular thing for people to be involved it in, is. but yeah, I still think is. that despite how much it's talked about, there's not a great deal of understanding about sure. the benefits of it. Sure. Um, so I'm just interested to know how that, uh, you know, just incorporating or introducing that meditation mm-hmm. practice into your life has has helped probably not only your running but just your, your general level of happiness. Yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. Just just like you mentioned, like the power of the meditation or, you know, or the prayer that you pray to find yourself and, you know, to find the peace, to find the peace and to find the happiness. You know, like when you start to have time for for the meditation, that's when that's when your journey of of being happy begins. That's just the, the most beautiful day that you call a day. But when that day comes, you have to be consistent. You know, sometimes like we have like, you know, good phone, smartphones. When we do something, we write it down in our notes. Let's say if I had like a good meditation day today, I would say day one. And then next to the day one on the note, I would tick it. I would put that tick, you know, the tick symbol, mm-hmm. symbol. And I say, and then tomorrow will be a day two. I will start to meditate again. And then day three. And then until you get that, like, let's say you had like a 40 day of a meditation, right? A 40 day of peaceful days. Mm-hmm. Imagine when you do that, then your mind starts to know it. When your mind starts to know it, you don't even need to put it down on your phone anymore. Because your mind is now changed. Mm-hmm. But before changing, because you get distracted. You see, like physically you get distracted. That's why when you, when you physically get distracted, you need, the, you, you need your, your smartphone to list them down, what you did. Because that reminds you physically. But the meditation is the spiritual part. Your spiritually might be a little bit weak, not as good as your physical meditation, right? Because what you're trying to work on is like your, your spiritual uh, strength and life and the power. So you're, so you're trying to make your spiritual power and your physical power balancing together. So sometimes, like, because we focus so much on the physical appearance, like, and the worldly stuff, we, we tend to be a little bit far from the spiritual um, life. Then when we are far from the spiritual life, it becomes imbalance. Imbalance. Mm-hmm. That's when you start to meditate, then you put it down on your list. Then when that, when, you know, when you're starting to put it down on your phone, bang, after 40 days or after 10 days, even after 5 days, your mind starts to process and says to you, even before you sleep, it says to you, please go go to that room and do your meditation before you sleep. <laughs> this is how powerful the mind is, Tyson. This is how powerful the mind is. When your mind starts to find that, that peace, your mind wants that peace every day. Every day it wants that peace. And it's, it's not something that you do today and you forget tomorrow. Mm. No, it's a consistency. Consistency is the key. And when you start, like when you start to meditate, you find that relaxation, and that's this is where your your running page of um, you know your running page that called uh, running uh, what is it called relaxed running yeah relaxed running comes from mm. that that relaxing comes from that beautiful and relaxed meditation and within yourself and finding that beautiful power. See, that's why I love your page. That's why I love your page. And I, it just made me click on it somehow. And I, I saw so much like, um, I mean, I heard and I watched 
so many podcasts that you made with those young stars, like young runners and girls and boys. And I'm like, you know what? I'm very like a big fan of um, Ryan Gregson, Matthew Ramsden, Jen Jen, <laughs> Jack Reiner, <laughs> Brett Robinson. They're my families, man. Like they're not just my friends. It's like a family. Like running, it's so good. It that makes you like connect with the with the world class runners in the yeah. world. And these guys have like a beautiful, like, you know, a beautiful mindset. So consistent. They're so humble. Mm. They work so hard. They listen to the coach. Nick Bidoy, mate. Yeah. He's one of the best managers in Australia. Yeah. Best coach. And look at it. And look what he's doing to his boys, you know, and to, and to the girls. He's shaping, like, he's making them, you know, walk and live in the right path. And to do the right things, and they just do so well. I'm so proud of them. And this is where my coach Sean Sean Williams comes from as the well. Sean was the coach of Ben Saint Lawrence, the a previous uh, um, you know Australian ten thousand meters national record holder, right? Twenty seven minute and twenty two or like twenty yeah yeah twenty uh, twenty four twenty four yes. I think. But my, you know what? Uh, to tell you the truth, I never like said this in any podcast, right? Ben St. Lawrence is my role model. Mm. Even like, oh, you have no idea. I trained with him since in, in 2013. I was only like, maybe like, maybe 20 and maybe 19, 10 and 20. That's when I started to like, to be running with Sean and Ben St. Lawrence. And Sean, he like, Sean, my coach told me about Ben, about Ben, like how, tougher life that he had before becoming a world-class runner, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a good one too. Like, he was, he was a bit overweighted as well. Yeah. Then he said to me, like, how he motivated himself going from being overweight to being, like, the bit, like the, in the best shape in the world within, like, three years, you know? And then within three years, four years, he broke the Australian record. Before that, he could even break 30 minutes. Right? 30 minutes. Mm. Then, you know... And then, you know, and then I said to, like, Sean, like, oh, man, I want to be like Ben around. <laughs> but, you know, just just in a good way. And everyone is unique in the way. And I can't compare myself with, with nobody, you know. Ben, ben St. Lawrence is, is a hero, Australian legend, best runner. I just, I'm just trying to be myself. Like, I am just trying to be DJ Gabaslasi, DJ Gap, And, you know, but, you know, he has put so much motivation in me. Um, you know, my coach, Sean Williams, such a motivating coach. You know, he has a big vision for his, you know, like athletes and he designs the best training programs and he like the best races for you as well. Like, you know, to line up with the best runners and run well. Like with him, I made it to the Australian team, like at the World Championship Half Marathon in Spain, yeah, Valencia and Cardiff Commonwealth Games Half Marathon, where I won like a silver medal. With, with with Jack Reiner I that remember. day it was a team a team silver medal that we won against against the the Ugandans and the Kenyans. Jack Reiner was a hero that day. He won. He won. Like he's yeah. legit. He won that. Like, <laughs> I think that was his best race oh, ever. He just he ran, ran 10, 16 around the ten as well. Yeah, the other day. I don't know. He's amazing. He, yeah. That day he ran like sixty one or one right, and it was like man, that was the fastest time ever. And then you know being part of. Uh, Australian team with Jack Reiner in that in the same race that's a history made you know mm. and for me I went like from uh, 67 minutes like I went from 60 63 minutes from the half marathon uh, from the world half 
I went to 62 minutes and 37 that day. Wow. So, so happy. I'm 62 minutes. 62 minutes. Ooh. And I was like, man, if I keep doing well, then, you know, Sean's going to get me to do well and get motivated and yeah. That's good. So we man. just, you know, talking so, about Sean Williams, my coach, and so you, you as like, my role model. Yeah, ben St. Lawrence, it's funny you mentioned him. He's a funny, he's a funny guy, he's but funny he's very man. humble, bro. Yes. He is the most humble person I've met. Ben he's one of the humble person that I know. Just so nice, and he advises you. Like, he doesn't have an arrogance personality in him. Like, he doesn't say that, you know, I have the Australian record, and he doesn't say to people like, or to the young athletes like, oh, you know, you, you know, you can't break my record. He's not, you know, he doesn't have the pride in him. He's like, Mike, you can do well. I know that you can, you can run well, you know. And nobody likes to, like, nobody, some people don't like their, their, you know, national record to be broken, right? But always what, like, what we have to know is that records are meant to be broken, mm -hmm. you know. But when someone's, like, when someone good, like, when a good athlete worked hard, like, for the last 10 years, 15 years, to break your record, it should, it should make you happy, you know? It should make you happy that the fact that that person took him such a 15 years or like 20 years to break your record mm -hmm. should be grateful. Should be, you, you should be happy to see faster time because it's all about seeing an improvement, right? Nobody wants to be stuck like in a, you know, uh, to be like stuck in one, in one place. We always want to improve. And that's where Ben Lawrence comes in like, He doesn't care about this. Like he's happy, such a happy person, and he's happy for his athletes to improve. And yeah. I'm so happy for him, mate. I love that guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. Humble yeah. guy. I call yeah. him a humble man. He's a humble <laughs> it's man. It's a saint. It's a saint. <laughs> It's no wonder why he's called Vincent Lawrence. It's a saint, mate. He's a nice guy. So you got your eyes on uh, on 2021 now. You got yeah, some time to qualify 20. for the 10k for the marathon. Where are you at, at the moment? Where are you sitting in terms of time? In terms of time, look, you know, Tyson. To be honest with you, I've been trying to, you know, run. Like run like such a faster time in the in the five thousand meters and ten k in the past, you know, for for the last seven years. That's where that's where I was lost, you know. But you know, I, I I've been like changing, you know, coaches around because like they never saw my vision. Like what I see, they can't see it. So when I say I want to do five k, ten k, they will get me to do a marathon. Mm. You know, if I say I want to do you know ten k, you know. I would do like 1500. If I want to say I want to do 15 and 5k, I would do like half marathon. I was all over the places, you know. But I don't blame nobody. Like I said, I don't blame my coach. That they, they are all unique to me, and they, you know, they have shown me the way to be strong athlete. And but you know, the lack of not being so consistent and the lack of not being working, you know, with a good manager or like a good coach that can really just let me do what I want to do, like. Like, let me do what my desire is. Mm -hmm. I could have done a lot yeah. in the last seven years. But I was lost. I was confused. See, when I said this, it was never happening. So I was all over the place. Because, because of that, I haven't run so good in my, on, on the track or, you know, or on the roads. But I was very strong, you know, very strong on the road. And I started running 10K on the road from, from a 31-minute. Now my PB stands in 28.54, which is good. Which is good, but this is like with a big struggle, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I went from the half uh, marathon in 67 to 62.37 with the struggle. Again, with not being really consistent and not really analyzing my goals and vision. Not, like the heart was never doing what, I, what she wants to do. She was doing what the others wanted her to do, which is that's bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't really force 
something that you can't do. I mean, that you don't want to do it, can't do it. You gotta always find the communication in your with your coach, an athlete and and the coach always they have to have good communication. It's a very powerful thing. It's a, mm-hmm. like a powerful tool. Not just a communication. A coach should love his athlete with all his heart and soul and soul and body. You know, and a, an athlete should do the same thing. Should should respect and trust his coach. If he doesn't trust his coach, if he doesn't respect him, he's not gonna. He's never going to improve. The same thing for coach. If he doesn't trust the athlete, if he can't see the vision, the goals the athlete has, or the ability and the talent, he's not gonna make that person, you know, the world best runner. You know? He can't because they're not in the same level. You gotta be in the same level. You have to be in the same level. Mindset, your goals, everything has to match with your coach, and the coach's mindset has to match. I know, like you know, there would be like some disagrees and stuff like that. It's fine to have a good communicate, like a good debate. But the but the debate shouldn't make you like to hate each other or to, or to disrespect each other or to make you like depart from each other. You know, a, a debate like a healthy debate should always make you even stronger to get you closer more. You know, so I don't want to say too much about this, but you were saying to me, you know, what's your goals for the two thousand twenty one? Uh, just to make it short, like my goal is to make to the 10,000 10, meters. Like if I can run 27 minutes and 30 seconds mm-hmm. for the 10K on the track, you know, in, in the next six months. And because I still have one year for the track and one year for the marathon, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like a world, like elite runners, it only takes them two months, three months to get like into, a, you know, like 27, 2750, 2740 shape, you know, like from like 28 minutes, you know, it doesn't even take them like three months at all. Like it can take them a few weeks, bang, you know, they're back in shape. Because what you think about is like, it's not about running, you know, 27, 30 minutes in the next three months. It's about what you did in the last 15 years. It's the foundation. The foundation is done. You know, a, like a builder, he only does the, the uh, decoration, right? Like, make it beautiful the house but what's done before that beautiful you know beauty is the it's the last six months or that last one year of building you know getting the bricks you know like getting this like the sense and oh the hard work is done that's it that the hard work is done for me in my running it's been like more than 10 years now i mean seven like the last seven years from you know from high school to college was just you know building up my mileage, getting the knowledge of running, finding myself, improving myself, learning from all the coaches, from all the best runners. It was education for me. It was like being in a school and graduating. I don't have the degree for running, but uh, I, I have been graduated. Like in somehow, I said I, I have been graduated because I've made it to the World Champs. Commonwealth Games, for me, that's, that's my degree. That's my hard work. That's my last seven years of studying. And I, I, I always research, you know. Like when I'm lost, uh, Tyson, I have this power. I am a good researcher. I don't ignore no coach. Any coach, I don't ignore them. I, I like, if I have speed, I go and, and I look at and read about a coach that talks about speed. I learn. I learn online. Man, learning online has taught me so much for the last seven years. Oof, man. I don't have the degree for the online studies. Man, but knowledge and wisdom is bang on, on, on point. 
has taught me so much. You know, this like this this manager and best coach in the world that he coaches uh, the Africans, right? The Kenyans and the Ethiopians and some Western runners. And his name is uh, uh, Renato Conova. I think you might know him. Yes, he's, I know the name. Yeah, he's Italian, right? He's the best coach in the world. And he coaches like athletes from, you know, like he just gets some running from 27 minutes or like from, you know, 28 minutes to like 26.30 for, for the 10K or for the 5K from like 14 dead to like 12.40, right? This guy, he's like, his philosophy, right? His training philosophy is so beautiful because it's, it's done like scientifically. It's like, you know, because he studied science, you know, like he's done all his studies. He knows what he's talking about, you know. Everything that he, everything that he wrote on the internet, I read it. I read every session that, that he has, beginning from the 400 meters guys, like from running 142. I read how they train. How they get into running 142 from from 150, right? It's not just about like, oh, you know, they're so talented. They, you know, they just born like that. No way. They took so much hard work. It took so much hard work for the coach to ch- to change their mind, mm-hmm. not just their legs, to change their mind, to ch- like to put faith and believe in, in themselves, to believe that they can run one 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 forty two. Because if if you don't believe it, that you can't do it. Yeah. So I read that from the eight hundred meters training program to the marathon. How they run two or three? I was like, damn, this is good philosophy. I was like, this is good education. I don't even need any coach now. What things stood out to you? What were the things that you really liked about it? Man, like uh, my brother, um, he would come to my room inside and then says to me, mate, don't you want to sleep? Like it's like two a.m. in the morning, mate. And I'm like, yeah, man, but I'm just reading this. You know, it's like I'm just reading so much because I want to be the best, the best runner in the world. You know, Shifi. You know, his name is Shifi. Yeah. He's a pharmacist. He's going to actually graduate from uni this year, at the end of this year, being a fancy. Ah, beautiful. Yeah, man. he's very, very smart, very kind. Yes. And he serves in church as well. He's like, kind of like a deacon, like he's like a priest, but almost, but not yet a priest yet. But he's doing a lot of things. I'm very proud of my brother. Um, so yes, he comes in inside the house. He sees my eyes like red, you know, they're like red, like brown, you know, like I can't even sleep. Because you know why? Keep reading. I was actually addicted to reading. I hated reading at school. I disliked reading at school. I disliked school. I disliked it because I, I just... I, I think you're finding this... Is he finding this like... This is just uh, being honest, you know? So like uh, This is like revealing the truth, right? I mean, school's so good. Like, I love education. Like, my... You know, I, I always wanted to learn something. But... My running actually taught me the real school, you know, <laughs> the real education, you know. This is like something that you can't even learn in lecture. Because even lecture itself, it doesn't even take more than two hours. Mm. Mate, I was on, <laughs> on my phone <laughs> from 7 like from seven p.m. to 2 a.m. That's like bloody 10 hours. Of, <laughs> 10 hours! <laughs> even like, even a professor would be so bored. Like, <laughs> even a PhD guy would be like... Oh, Stop this, man. I'm not gonna have to send me some articles. <laughs> you have to send me yeah, some yeah, articles. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, then he's like, mate, uh, my brother's like, mate, even in my lecture, I don't, I, I don't, I don't read this much. It's like, are you hurting yourself? I'm like, oh, I know my brother, I know I might be hurting myself, but mate, I'm learning so much from this, from this, oh, sorry, my language, but I'm like, from this thing, you know, like, mate, this is just teaching me so much. I know I'm not gonna get a degree from this, mate, 
But I am getting a real as knowledge and wisdom. Because <laughs> yeah. never been taught that way, you know, taught that way. And it's just self-development, right? That's where it comes, that's where the self-development, self-knowledge, self-wisdom comes from. Well, you see, like, uh, this is going to take us back to the Holy Bible, you know, where it says, like, seek and you, and, and you shall find it. Like, seek something that you want, you find it. If you seek for wisdom, you get wisdom. If you seek for a, you know, for a beautiful wife, you find her. If you seek for a, like a blessed child, you get that beautiful child. If you seek for you know, for anything you want in life, it's there, mate. It's there, but it takes a real as time, it's consistency, but seeking it right from your heart, right from your mind comes. It starts from the soul, and then. After the soul goes to the mind, after the mind goes to the heart, then from the inside goes to the outside appearance. Then you live your life. Mm. See that, I just read so much on the internet. This guy just told me so good. I'm like, some people they will be like against him, and you know, like saying like, oh, you know, doing that. My, this guy knows what he's doing. He knows. I don't even believe in like, you know, I, I don't believe in, you know, people blaming other coaches and saying, you know, this guy may be a scam, you know, uh, you know, he's one of these people who got, uh, you know, caught in uh, cheating and stuff. You know, nobody likes to cheat. No. You know what I mean? And if you did get caught in cheating, it's like, it's not the coach's fault. It could be the athlete's fault as well. Because, uh, you know, you know, if you love to cheat, then you're cheating. Uh, you can't blame the coach. And, uh, and you, you, you know, you can't blame the runner too. You can't blame the athlete if it's the coach's fault as well. It's not the athlete's fault. Mm. But every time, people shouldn't blame anyone. And I, I don't believe in like, you know, like, I don't believe in, you know, trying to be successful in a shortcut. Shortcut, it, it kills you. Mm. Kills everybody. Kills me, kills you, Tyson. Mm. Kills, it's, it's not a healthy life. You can't cheat, and I don't agree with the, you know taking drugs, you know to you know break records with cheating because it doesn't make you a happy person. No. And you know, ten years later, you're like at home, you might have like five kids, and you know, telling your kids like I broke this, but you're so shameful inside, like my, but I did this with them, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, then you like deep inside, you're not happy, mate, yeah. <laughs> and you always want to say to yourself like. Oh, if I told them the truth, might they hate me? Yeah. But you always want to tell the truth too, but you can't. Because, <laughs> right, something is chasing you. <laughs> Chelsea is saying to you, like, Matt, you're done if you tell them this, you know? Mm. And that's where, like, then, like, that's where always you have to be honest to yourself. So, simply what I want to say to you is just online studying has taught me self-development. That's what I learned to be. That's what I gained my, 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 my knowledge, like, especially for when it comes to running, when it comes to my running, when I do a session, uh, I tell you what, when I see like the, like those East Africans, like most talented runners run like 26 minutes, 50 or like, you know, 20, when the Ethiopian runner, you know, Bikili, you might know him, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. When he runs like 26, 17 for the world record or like 12, 37, I try to see what he does for the session. And then he says, like, you know, he would do, like, 10 times 1K in, two, in 237 with, like, one-minute recovery. Or, like, when he went for his uh, record in the 5K, he would do, like, 5 times 1K in 230. And I'm, like, I don't say to myself, like, oh, you know, I can't be like him. But I always say, like, how can I be like him? Mm. How can I? But, you know, I, I respect him. I love him. 
but I never, I never put myself down. I always want to be better. Right? I can't, I can't be arrogant too, you know. But I, I want to do good like those who do good, because Bikili took took the good things from Gabriel Lassi highly, you know. Highly was his uh, role model. Mm-hmm. He never said like, oh, you know, I can't be like Highly. Imagine that. He just said, I can be like Highly. I could even be maybe better. But even Highly was good, you know. Highly taught him to be good. Then eventually he broke the record. And so every time you want to do good, but you don't want to like be negative to yourself. You don't want to be like, oh, I can't even do that. I can't do that. But you have to try. I always try. I'm not saying that I'm going to be like Bikili, but I'm just saying I always try to better myself. And I use these guys as a motivation. Mm. You know? That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, that's where the motivation comes I'm, from. I'm really excited to watch the next 12 months. And I, I think <laughs> it's funny when you look at the fact that the Olympics are taking place in a year now. Yeah. You see that it's worked in advantage for some people. Yeah. I think I think you fit in nicely to that category. Oh, I'm so lucky, Tyson. Like, I never thought that I would have this chance because I was like, oh, my God. I am. I said, that's it. My chance is done. I said, I said that's it, DJ. You can't do anything now because we are at 220 and your chance is gone. I was being like discouraged, you know. I was being like unmotivated because I knew that I could make Like, I mean, I knew that I, I had talent to at least try to make it to the Olympics because the, like, you know, to make it to the Olympics, you have to be realistic to yourself. Like, the, you know, the chance you have, the talent you have, the running times that you've done in the past. Then when I made it to the World Champs and the Com Games and I came top seven in the world, top eight, then I said like, well, if I make it to the World Champs and world, and then, you know, I'm running with guys like Jack Rana running 61 and I'm only like a minute away from him or like 50 seconds. I'm like, why can I not make it to the Olympics? You know what I mean? Well, I am, it's so, it's, it's so realistic to make it if you already made it to the World Champs because mm. World Champs are big, big stage. It's like the Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I know the way to prepare. I know what it takes to get there. And I said, look, I'm going to give it a shot. If I make it, it's great. I'm going to run well for Australia. You know, I have so much, I have so much, uh, like, so much gift to give back to Australia. Like, I have so much plans that I haven't done yet, but I'm preparing to do. That's awesome. And, and then I'm using that, I'm using this 220. Like, when we thought about 2020, Tyson, to be honest, this coronavirus is being like, it's being real, like it's been crazy and, you know, it's been taking people's mind away from, from the life that they want to focus on, you know. Uh, you know, they've lost the family love, you know, the family gathering and everything, like lost the jobs and lost the purpose in life. But somehow as well, it has made us so happy that we're spending more time with our family that, that we never spent this time before with the family or, or, or with good mates, you know? So I never took this coronavirus as like uh, the worst thing in life. It is so risky. It is so scary. But I always thought like, look, if we do the right things, you know, follow the rules, listen, listen to the doctors, stay healthy, stay fit. Still go out and, you know, jog. Still stay healthy. Like, don't, you know, don't be stuck at your house and, you know, going that white, doing nothing, stressful life, you know. Still go out and, but protect yourself. So I never took this year as a bad year. I said, look, I think, I think this year, this year is, is, it's gonna be for DJ and it's gonna be a real badass year. <laughs> a good one to change. Well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to touch it's a positive, I took it as a positive year. That's and it is a positive year too. Like, it's making everyone change, right? 
I mean, it's making someone like like I said, it's making us to have the time to meditate, right? Like it's giving us time to be like stuck at home, right? And that's where the meditation comes from. See, and people never had the, the time to meditate. We are so busy, like going out to work, at five a.m. come back, so tired and sleeping without meditation, without like without you know knowing where we are, unconscious in mind. But my coronavirus is a strength. Mm. It's one of the actually a wake up call. I call it as a wake up call, a wake up call like to the body, to the soul, to the, to your life, yeah. to your relationship, you know, to your love for your family, just in general life. Mm. A big wake up call to the world. It really is. It's good, mate. We are grateful. Really we should be grateful that this year is just a wake up call for the whole world. It's so sad to see like so many people dying. You know, and there are so many cases, and we pray to those who are dead. You know, and we pray to those countries, like especially like the the US. You know, got like fifty thousand cases, and into the Italians. You know, so much cases. All to these uh, Europeans and stuff. We should be like praying for them, like meditating for these people who have like you know uh, lost their family, like you know loved ones, and those still who are sick. We wish them like you know a healing power to come through, and you know and to be recovered from this deadly virus. And and but the other good thing that um, Tyson that that I want to say is a big shout out to our Prime Minister Australia. Mm-hmm. You know why? Mm-hmm. Australia. Look how the world is getting so affected, right? With this, but Australia is keeping it so safe. Australian government keeping the rules so good. When the people are doing so well, they're sticking to it, listening. I love it. It's funny. We so it's well. We're so lucky and we are so blessed in Australia. And we have to continue doing this. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it, I think it's working too. You see, we're still doing like what, 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 what we love doing. Now the government's saying like 10 people can go to the cafe. 20 people can go to the cafe <laughs> now. Imagine Tyson, like there are so much things that we can be grateful for. You see, we can't fight with ourselves too hard. We can't. We gotta look at the positive things. And Australia is doing so much positive. I want them to continue to do to be to like to be positive. Now I wanna hear like you know the government saying, uh, thirty people is allowed now. You know, and it's it, it's gonna happen as well. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, mate. Well, I saw last night in South Australia. I think there were two thousand people allowed at the football. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's good. It's a good. But, Two months ago, they were saying, <laughs> not even 100, <laughs> not even 100, mate. It was oh. shocking. Like, it was making people so stressful, you know? So stressful. And people don't, like, people don't need to be in that stressful zone, you know? I mean, like, who does Tyson? Nobody wants to, like, lose their, like, lose hope. Nobody wants to do that, right? You want to bloody go out and have fun, mate. You want to go out <laughs> with a mate and, like, you know, like, uh, you know, have a few drinks with him, you know, have laughter. Go out, play golf, go for a run, like go for one hour jog running and stuff. Imagine, you know, like, everyone wants to have fun. Who wants to be stuck at home like 24 hours, mate? You know? <laughs> but when we hear the good news is happening, we're like, man, we're going to celebrate in Australia. It's really good. We're going to go out That's soon. It's a great point. It's a really we're good point. We're going to be point. like, thanks, it's, thanks, Australia. It's definitely been one of those thanks, things. Thanks, Australia, for making us relief, you know? Uh, it's, it's definitely, I think you're right. It's a wake-up Yeah, people shouldn't be against the, uh, you know, Prime Minister. They shouldn't be, um, people shouldn't be against the rules. Mm. They should just, they shouldn't complain. They should just stick to the rules. Listen. Listening has a big power. Because it's going to save you, you know? It's going to save you. You're doing a good thing. You're not only saving yourself. You, you're saving thousands of 
Australians that you know that are not aware of that you know mm. and it's good mate when you're good you're good mate you're good right. this, you is been, this is this is fun hour. <laughs> you know we've been going for an hour and 10 minutes I've oh, been here for 9 minutes man. but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so dude, what we're going to do though I'm, I'll, I'll wrap it up because I told you 75 this minutes is good. Yeah, this, I, this is beautiful I told my wife I'll take her shopping that's it for me I, I feel it. built up I feel can encouraged I, having, a, having to chill out with you you can say whatever you know can I say this last minute just um, uh, on, on behalf of of myself <laughs> on behalf of DJ myself I just want to say a big thank you um, you know uh, a big thank you to you Tyson thanks for taking the time to actually invite me to have like a, a beautiful chat here your wife very friendly person very humble your mother so blessed so nice uh, I just want to say that you have a, a very relaxing um, lifestyle it's just like your it's just like it's just like your page it's like your running page where it says a relaxing page I want you to keep up uh, I just want you to do the right things keep keep up doing the you know the good stuff I just want to motivate you and I just want you to do you know like if you believe what you're doing is so good to you just have like have fun enjoy yourself and love yourself like you said go out shopping now help your wife and help your mom and thank you for inviting me once again I'm so grateful and so humble to meet you and I'm so happy. Thanks so much for giving me this one hour chat. Oh, bro. Man, I really appreciate it. I mean, <laughs> and I'm looking like, forward to meet up again. Dude, I'd that. love to do it. Well, you got my phone number now. Absolutely. Um, We're going to be best mate. <laughs> best mates. <laughs> Beautiful. As soon as, as soon as I picked you up today, yeah. I spoke to you on the phone. I went back to the car. I said, mm-hmm. babe, this guy's going to be good fun. Ah, and, thank you. Uh, I really, uh, it's, it's a, true, man. Thank you're you. You're a good man. And I, I want you to still keep doing your podcast. Bring out so many, you know, people get them to speak about the you know like about the future about the past life just about the story because a lot of people they have a unique story to tell everyone has a unique story to tell so you're doing a great job i just want to say that you're doing a bless like this is a blessed job mate i'm so happy your podcast i want it to be growing and growing growing and i'm gonna pray for you that you're doing so well and keep it up and i will keep in my prayer and Keep doing well. You're a good man. Thank you, brother. Good you man. too. Thank you. All right, so we'll keep it here. We'll leave it here. Thanks so much. Um, thank you.